I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Fuck It Up Comedy Club podcast, honey. I am your host, Kima Bob, and you are now tuned in to an unapologetic celebration of comedians of color who are not cis men. This is simply an opportunity to hear dope comedy from lovely comedians and get to know them a little better. Now, let me preface this episode by saying that it was recorded before episode five, where I was talking about having some breakups. And at the time of this recording, the breakups has not happened yet. Oh, and it is honestly a bit cringe for me listening to myself be so happy about relationships that would only last approximately two more weeks. <laughs> so enjoy that. Um, in this episode, we have the incredible, incredible Travis Alabanza, Bella Hull, and Janine Haruni. It's truly a treat. Let's get into it. I think I had like a realization recently, which uh, I've been doing a lot of therapy, gang. I've been doing uh, twice a week therapy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I love it. And I, I, I've, I found that no matter how much success I have or at goals that I achieve, I still feel empty and dead inside. Mm. You know that kind of a way? And so I had this realization the other day that actually it's not outside validation that's ever gonna make me feel whole, it's inside validation. Hold up. And, uh, and I realized that I need to like myself and I need to think I'm enough. And realizing that was fucking incredible. <laughs> Hashtag fuck pod, so. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what about you, gang? I'm going to go ahead and um, significantly change the tone. <laughs> um, the other week, I sort of accidentally drank an entire bottle of wine at a pub near my house. Realised I was locked out, nobody home for like four hours, and I climbed over two different, like, properly high fences um, and got in, back into my own house. Wow without breaking my legs. And that was fucking incredible. Wow, drunk Olympian over here. Um, So I had a cat called Daddy. um, Yes, because usually when someone cat calls, they want you to call them Daddy, but you've called a cat Daddy. Yeah. Reclaiming. But also I was preempting the cat would one day go missing. And I loved the fact of putting missing poster, daddy. (laughs) It healing on multiple levels. But anyway, I had this cat called daddy and it was a joint ownership with my friend. um, And we were like planning to live together for a really long time. And then like, we were like, oh, I'm gonna move. But it was my cat, there was other cats involved. There was like multiple cats in the house. (laughs) 
I didn't realize how dirty this podcast would be. And basically everything I'm thinking about is now just thinking about sex. So when I was like, there were other cats involved, I was like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> but also, yum. <laughs> but basically when I got my new apartment, they were like, oh, there's no pets allowed. And I was really, really heartbroken. I was really, really sad. And then... I was like, it's okay. I live five minutes from my friend's house. I'm going to go see daddy every day. Then I'm going to see my cat daddy every day. <laughs> and I'll rebuild the relationship. But I didn't realize, Bish, that these cats don't do that. They just, like, forget you. And it's been heartbreaking for a year and a half. The other day, I went to my friend's house, and I fell asleep drunk on the couch. I wake up, and I'm like, what's this warm feeling? Wouldn't it be fucked up if I said... And then there was a big six-foot daddy there in front of me. <laughs> But my cat daddy was lying on top of me and it felt fucking incredible. Uh, congratulations. Oh, my God, so good to be here with you guys this evening. Oh, look at us on, like, one of the hottest days of the year. Mm, thank you for coming out, honestly. Who's that finally? Oh, now you're shy. Is that what we're going to do? We're going to play this game? I like participation. Mm. If there's one thing you can know about this gig, I want your ums, I want your ahs, I want your oop, okay? Don't leave that at home, honey, okay? Uh, do you know when you watch, like, uh, like, people talk about going to, like, movies in a black movie theater and people are like, oh, or why would she go up there? Um, this is that movie theater. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the Fuck It Up Comedy Club. Um, <laughs> it's an unapologetic celebration of comedians of color who are not cis men. Thank you. It's simple, it's beautiful, I love it. It makes me so happy, and it makes me so happy to see all you guys here. Honestly, I wish you could see yourselves. You'd be fucking creaming. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, my name's Kima Bob, I'm your host, I love you. Um, and recently, um, well, before I get into my life, I just wanna like, has anyone seen the video for the new Sean Paul song? No. The new Sean Paul song featuring Gwen Stefani. Mm-hmm. The new Sean Paul song featuring Gwen Stefani with faux locks. Yes! Gwen, what are you doing? Uh, Gwen, if you don't know, back in the day, Gwen Stefani, she was the queen of appropriation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she was owning it. And she sat down. She sat down for a little minute. She was in America hosting talent TV shows, talking with an accent like she was from down home. <laughs> now she's on the Sean Paul track like, uh, and it's like, Gwen, please. We could have let you make it if it was 2000. We started to forgive. We started to move on. And now you're back on your bullshit? Gwen, you have had time to reflect. To think about it and say, is this who I want to be? It's 2022, Gwen. Ooh, sorry, I just need to get that off my chest. So frustrating. Um, I've been uh, dating recently. Um, 
thank you. It's going well. She's happy. Um, and I guess what's cool about it is like, you know, after like, uh, if you have like a series of horrible dating experiences, when you start having nice ones, you're just like, this is my life. <laughs> Today, again. Nice, again? Oh, great. Um, to give you a quick pricey of my recent dating history, yeah? Um, there was uh, the, the narcissist who took me on one of the best dates of my life and then promptly went to fuck another woman. <laughs> Very exciting. Under the guise of a business meeting. Was there a business meeting or not? <laughs> I don't know. You say no, but it seems like he could pack a lot into one day. <laughs> I, feel like it, I feel like there was a meeting. Um, and then there was the, um, this a woman that I dated who was awesome, but it lasted, it lasted so short. We met and we had a wonderful dalliance for like two weeks, and then we both got COVID at her EP launch party. <laughs> Which is like such a me statement. <laughs> and, and then our relationship didn't make it through isolation because it was too fresh for... <clears throat> And people talking about their COVID diarrhea. <laughs> Your relationship needs to be in a, in a nice place if you're going to be on the phone like... <laughs> and also, oh, excuse me, i got to go after shit so badly. Um, and then there was the time that I tripped and fell and landed on a gay man who thought that he wasn't gay anymore, but definitely was. <laughs> oh, oh, that... Ooh, oopsie. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so fun. Uh, <laughs> it was an adventure. My friends remember it. Oh. Oh, so I'm having a nice time. And I think I'm just kind of like, I don't know, like, I just want it. I don't, I just want to be present. I don't want to get too, like, ahead of myself. I want to stay in the moment. But also, I don't want to fuck it up. Because um, I'm what the kids call unhinged. <laughs> Have you heard of it? Uh, <laughs> um, are there any couples in the, his house tonight? Raises glasses, like it'll help me see. You guys are together. Oh, how long have you been together? Actually, uh, sorry, I was going to say something, but it would put one of the identities of uh, the people I'm fucking out in the air, so I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, how, how long have you guys been together? Two years and four months. Jesus Christ! Oh, my God. Now, there might be some people in the world who go, oh, two years, four months, cute. But no, that sounds like forever for me. I'm... Do you know? <laughs> it feels like forever. That's so funny. Honestly, I can't imagine. Once I get to, like, month six, I'm like, you did it. Time to get out. <laughs> I'm like, leave. Where is the door? Um... Can I ask you guys, like, like I don't know, like, how, how, what's something that you would advise that one not do if they wanted to make a relationship last? I'll give you a moment. Not fight in front of her. Oh, honey. Oh, I want to be in a relationship so weird that at one point we're just like fighting on each other. Like, do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm like, ow, there's lunch. Yeah. Like, that's the energy, yeah. And get to, like, a kinky place where we're, like, farting in each other's face. Like, yeah, nasty shit, unhinged. That's wild. So you guys are living separately. Do you live together? 
Together, they're living together. Oh my gosh, how long have you been living together? Over a year. Ooh, can I ask you, what is the most, like, annoying thing? Actually, we have. <laughs> Thank you so much. You guys have been absolutely gorgeous. What are your names? Simone. Simone. Caleb. And Caleb. Simone. My God. Simone. First of all, for those of you at home, Simone is white and I am impressed. Uh, <laughs> what is the history of Simone? It's a French name, but you're South African. Ooh. <laughs> I haven't been able to figure out how I feel about white people from Africa, you know? <laughs> I haven't come to a clear consensus within myself. <laughs> but I just want to say that I'm glad that you're here tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Simone and Caleb. A round of applause for them. What delightful people. Um, any other couples in the his house? Do we have, like, give me a woo if you are, like, monogamous in your, like, dating life. Woo! Not very enthusiastic. <laughs> give me a woo if you're, like, not monogamous in, like, an open relationship. Woo! So much happier. <laughs> Groundbreaking. Um, I'm, I'm, I always try to be, like, I think I've been aiming to be, like, non-monogamous, ethically non-monogamous, might I say. Um, you know, because some people be non-monogamous, but they don't be telling nobody. <laughs> That's what they doing. We don't like that. Um, but yeah, I, I try, and I, I get distracted, because I'll be like, okay, I'm going to date this person, and I'm going to date someone else. Um, and then I just get so wrapped up. And then I'm just like tunnel visioned. And then it's like six months later, I'm like, Kimo, you did it again. Um, but luckily, because it's six months later, I'm on my way out. <laughs> um, would you mind like giving a tip for like saving your energy when dating multiple people? Pick them well. Ooh, the power that has. Ooh, pick them well. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, I realized I shared, like, three different instances of relationships falling apart with you guys. And let me tell you what was the common denominator. This guy. <laughs> was I picking them well? No. But I did have fun. <laughs> Oh, oh, life. There's fun in it. Oh, can I tell you guys something kind of personal? Do you mind? Nope. I had sex this morning. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, and it was really good. <laughs> Thank you. For those of you at home, the gentleman in the front row just said, fucking lucky me, and he's right. Fucking lucky. I am fucking, I'm lucky, and I am me. <laughs> I am all three of those. Oh, sorry, I have tears in my eyes just thinking about it. Mm, uh, no, not in a sentimental way. I'm nasty. Um, okay, so. I'm really excited to announce this first act. 
Um, she is a powerhouse, a firecracker, a firework, in the, in the Katy Perry sense. Um, <laughs> she's absolutely incredible. Please get us started, Simone. Thank you. I can go. Let's start around the room. How is everybody? You're great. Um, this is so nice. Um, it's so lovely to be able to do a gig like this where everyone in the audience is a good person. <laughs> like, everyone here is a good person. Um, but sometimes good people can be nervous to laugh. But you know who's never nervous to laugh? Bigots. Bigots, bigots love to giggle. They love to giggle. And so I hope that there are some secret ones in tonight. Um, it's so nice to be here. I'm just going to ask one naughty question to you two. So you've been together for two years and four months. Who loves the other one more? Okay. <laughs> That's a relief. I have to say it's a relief because... I, but in a sort of... In a, a straight relationship, right? I think that if the, if the man loves the woman more, that's good. If the woman loves the man more, uh, that's abuse. That's abuse. And I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Um, so well done, guys. Um, it's really nice that I can be here and that I can do this for you. Uh, this is definitely the best job that I've ever had. Um, before I did this, I was a receptionist for a really long time. And um, my favorite memory as a receptionist is that one year my boss got me a mug um, and the mug said on it, well-behaved women seldom make history. Aww. Which I kind of thought was like advice. Um, but it turns out Actually, that um, badly behaved receptionists get sacked. Um, <laughs> not fair. Don't put that on the mug. Like, <laughs> apparently, it's bad behaviour to microwave fish and then start a rumour that Denise has thrush. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> don't do that. If you're thinking of doing it, don't do it. Um, it's really, it's really nice. That I can be here. I've had, I've had like loads of jobs. Um, this year, I worked briefly at a preschool. And I find it, like, really hard to tell off, like, the naughty kids because um, I think they're cool as hell. I just... I think they're so sick. I see them misbehaving and I'm like, yeah, fuck the man! And then... I'm sorry, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> um, I, my favourite kid... I know he was not supposed to have favourites, but I did have a favourite because his, his name was Timmy at this preschool. And he went through a phase... Um, where he wouldn't stop biting my supervisor, Deborah. Um, and I want to make something completely clear about like, my opinion on this behaviour. I've never respected someone more. I just... I got it on a level that I don't even want to admit to you. Do you know what I mean? Like, I so understood why he was doing it. I'd, like, walk into centre and see him grabbing her elbow and just biting the absolute shit out of it. And I just think... Yeah, fair enough. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I get it. Like, she's just come back from holiday. She does it like a pepperami, you know? Like, 
It's confusing if you're five. It's confusing. Like, she was supposed to go to Hamburg, not look like one. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I get it. Um, this is definitely the best job I've, I've had, but all the jobs that I've had um, have made me, like, quite a political person. Um, and this is where, at this gig, uh, I'm... Uh, the biggest need to come out, because uh, I'm going to... I've got some views. Um, I think if I was an activist... Um, my main, like, gripe would be, and bear with me, you know how, like, um, women... Where's this going? <laughs> um, you know how, like, women, right, are, like, um, expected to work? <laughs> What's that all about? Do you know what I mean? I don't like that. I, um... <laughs> We smell nice and that's enough. Like, I don't... I don't approve. I don't know where that idea came up that it was pro progressive, but it's bullying. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to work. Like, this is a good job, but I, I'd rather be at my house. Do you know what I mean? I, um, I really believe that, like, um, Victorian women, caveat, if they were white, they had it all. Like, they could just... Other than the TB, do you know what I mean? Like, they could just frolic around in their houses all day doing nothing, and then all of these, like, mouthy women had to come along and be like, we can do it! Put us in the factory! Shut the fuck up! Why? <laughs> Excuse me, why did they do that? Because now, 200 years later, I have to be in a Microsoft Teams meeting. Are you joking? <laughs> I don't think that's appropriate. Um, <laughs> I, did, like, a, I did a history degree, and um, it talked about how, like, after the Second World War, women were really, like... Um, expected to return back to kind of very domestic roles in the UK um, and like they'd worked a lot and like a lot of women had been were like really angry because men were like putting them in their place <laughs> but if someone like put me in their place I'd be like oh no my place do you know what I mean <laughs> not my place not the, not the living room do you know what I mean <laughs> not the sofa like what a, what a terrible place to be um <laughs> But I, I feel that um, my goals, right, as, like, a person aren't necessarily, like, in line with what they should be. Um, and I have... I really, like, admire when people, like, have goals. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what that's like. Like, if you're, if you're, like, a plumber, you want to fix things, probably. If you're, um, if you're a doctor, you want to help people. If you're uh, a personal trainer, you want... To be a prick. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just... I get that, and I admire it. I admire it. Um, and I feel like I'm getting to a point where I need to, like, pick a goal. And I, I've picked one. But it's kind of embarrassing. Um, so don't laugh. I'm just going to share it with you guys now. I really believe that I was, like, born. My destiny was to be born so that I could one day be a MILF. <laughs> And that's my vision. Um, this is like my vision for the future. Okay, picture this. Double-fronted house, of course. <laughs> I lied before about having one. <laughs> okay, you walk in, double-fronted fridge. <laughs> the two doors, do you know the two doors? You, that's what I want. You look behind you, like a de two detached children. Do you know what I mean? Like, amazing, <laughs> amazing. It was difficult having this vision as, of being a MILF because I was in like a very long relationship and I was thinking like, oh, I'm just gonna like, Tra trap that guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was sort of thinking <laughs> along those lines. Um, but unfortunately, 
um, that fell through and about this time last year. And it's just been like really um, emotional um, for him. And <laughs> it's, it's kind of one of those situations, right, where we were like together for a really long time and then we weren't. And then I had to sort of like go on this path of self-discovery and I've been learning loads of things about myself. Um, one of the things I've learned recently about myself is that I'm actually colorblind. Um, thank you, one person. I, um, yeah, I'm colorblind. I, I can't see uh, red uh, flags. <laughs> That's it's, not, it's not worth the applause. It's not. It's a serious problem. I, um, I can't see them because for me, like um, a red flag on someone who's fit it's kind of like a one star hygiene rating like outside a delicious kebab shop you know <laughs> like I know I know it's a terrible idea to put it inside me I know that do you know what I mean I'm aware I know but if I've had a bottle of wine it's too late um, I'm gonna go now you guys have been absolutely gorgeous An icon for problematic women everywhere. <laughs> I love you, Bella. Okay, I'm really excited to bring on the next performer. The dynamic, they're so talented in so many ways. It's fucking sickening. And gorgeous on top of that. But good for the listeners at home. They'll be spared from the beauty. <laughs> um, please welcome them with everything that you have. I'm so excited to share them with you. Many of you will have seen them before and be absolutely delighted to see them again. Welcome to the stage, the incredible Travis Alabanza! <laughs> Thank you. Hi, 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 hi. Um... I feel like when you say gorgeous in an intro, you can only just be let down. So, um, but this is me after a spit roast and a 5 a.m. party. We're gonna edit that out, my boyfriend might be listening. Anyway, we're open, we're ethically non-monogamous, I only eat vegans people's ass. So, um, I am actually quite nervous about coming back and performing after the pandemic because a lot of things have changed. I, take a, I took a long time out. When everyone was opening back up, I was closed. I was closed off. And the um, main reason I was nervous is my friend said that things have changed, Travis. You can't just come on and do your old bullshit. People want honesty now. People want realism. People want to feel things. And I said, are you saying what I think you're saying? And they're like, you've got to do it. You've got to tell them. For the last two years, I have been battling a hard, arduous, painful, never-ending anal fissure. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Thank you for my access needs and having a cushioned chair. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm glad I got that off my chest. <laughs> kind of. But it really started to trial this, all this other honesty that I had to have, right? I started just splurting all these different things that I've been saying. The spit roast thing was one, the anal fissure. I just can't stop being honest. And I realized that there was a person, my mum, who I had 
the most important person in my life that I had not been honest to about, right? I'd not told her something. Because I was scrolling on Instagram once and I was high, which is really prefaced to say, when I say this next thing is inspiring, remember, I was high. <laughs> so I was scrolling on Instagram. Now I got a sorry for my mum if you're listening to this. Anyway, so I was scrolling on Instagram and I see this pastel pink infographic and I was like, wow, I'm already fucking inspired. <laughs> and I'm smoking my joint and it says this quote and it says, you've got to say the things that you think are left unsaid. <laughs> and so I put my joint out on my cat and I go to my mum's house. <laughs> and I go to my mum's house and I realise that I've not told her this thing. I've not told her this thing that I thought was very obvious about me, but I've never just told her, right? I've never just told the bitch to her face. <laughs> Shit, sorry mum, again. <laughs> So I sit her down and I'm nervous, right? Because the thing about my mum, we're close, we're friends, but she's like fifth generation Catholic. So some of that stuff don't go, okay? You know, she sent me to Catholic school, which was good for some things, bad for other things. <laughs> but I sat her down, right? And I said, mum, and she said, tranny. I mean, Travis. <laughs> I'm allowed to say it. it's not punching up or punching down, it's punching myself. <laughs> I said, mum, I got this thing I want to tell you. And I think you might know it about me but it's been on my mind for a while now. And she went, shh. Sorry, I don't know why I went that sexual. She just went, shh. <laughs> she said, Travis, I know. I've seen the doctor's notes. I've seen the GP letters. My heart is beating. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be sent to hell. She goes, I know you have been suffering from irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> but I still love you. And when I heard that, I was so relieved I could have shat myself because, <laughs> look, my mum has accepted a lot of my identity. She's accepted the fact I'm a black, Filipino, working class, dyspraxic artist. <laughs> but what if I'm that and also shit myself when I eat cheese, right? Like, surely some love is conditional, right? But she said no. She accepted my intersectional identity. The fact that I am a survivor of the anal fissure and also an experiencer of the IBS. And she said, I still love you no matter what. And you know what? That inspired me so much that I have got so much more confidence. That's what mother's loves can do when you come out about dangerous things. They give you confidence, so much confidence that I came to take a shit in front of you to... No, I'm joking. <laughs> Other new things I had to come out to my mum about that were actually harder than IBS is I recently got a boyfriend. <laughs> and he's white. <laughs> I heard the one person go, ugh. Sister, I know, but, but I like the white people that wooed as well, bitch. Wow, that was brave. <laughs> Not you doing what you do in the boardroom out in public. Woo! Another white person, woo, straight to the top. <laughs> so yes, I do have a white boyfriend and it has been difficult. It has been hard to kind of, for me, it's my first ever white boyfriend and it has been hard learning different things, you know, culturally, you know, teaching him about rhythm and I'm learning about dry pastry. <laughs> but my mum is biting back in the only way she knows how. She's just mispronouncing his name on purpose. <laughs> She'll be like, when is Philip Schofield coming round for dinner? When is Prince Charles coming round for dinner? His name's Freddie. <laughs> but I started to do this thing with my mum. She loves a good call and response to get her into it. And I'm going to try it for you to now. Is that all right? Yeah, I heard white people... This is part of the cultural exchange I'm doing with my boyfriend. I heard that white people love call and response. <laughs> So black people, you can sit this one out, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna say my boyfriend's so white and you're gonna say, how white is he? But if you're white, do a really white voice, okay? 
My boyfriend's so white. Granola for breakfast every single fucking day. My boyfriend's so white. How white is he? Every time he has a spare weekend, he just starts up another book club. <laughs> white people love book clubs. My boyfriend's so white. How white is he? I told him we wouldn't have sex until he learned the electric slide. We haven't had sex for eight months. <laughs> My boyfriend's so white. How white is he? Whips and chains in the bedroom. Oh, that's our line, okay. All right, I found it, all right, I found it. Speaking of shit jokes and shit, my grand's dying. No, 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 none of that, it's a Sunday, we want to cheer it up. Cheer if your grand's dying too. Oh, well, fuck your grand. Jesus, I hope some of your grand's are already dead so they didn't hear that. Anyway, my grand's dying, but it's relevant, right? Because I'm trying to rebuild relationships, okay? After the change, my IBS, I'm really trying to sort things out. So I'm trying to get to know my grand a bit more because we don't have an amazing relationship. She's like eighth generation Catholic, that doesn't add up. She's like sixth generation Catholic. She's like married to the fucking Pope and I'm obviously a cross-dresser. So we haven't always got along, but I'm trying to rebuild stuff because she's got dementia, right? She's had it for eight years now. I'm like, get a new disease, it's getting old. But <laughs> then I realize it's not old to her, but, <laughs> but, I'm trying to rebuild shit. So I'm trying to go around to the house. Now, I've got to explain the setup. I'm going to do it quickly because I know I'm on time. So she's in a little chair so she can see the windows and she can see everything because she can't move anymore. It is quite sad. And we set it up so that we can see things. And, you know, there's like uh, the windows coming in everything. So she'll, if she sees a squirrel, she'll just go, it's a squirrel, it's a squirrel, it's a squirrel. If there's the postman, she'll go, it's a postman, it's a postman, it's a postman. Bitch, I walk in the other day. And she says, who's that young lady? Who's that young lady? Who's that young lady? Ooh. <laughs> I was like, Granny, this bit of your dementia can stay, bitch. <laughs> so I started trying to build a relationship with my gran. I said, I'm going to go around on a night out and I'm going to get dressed up. When I walk across the thing, if she's going, who's that young man? Who's that young man? Who's that young man? I'll be like, Gran, let me go get some blusher. I'll be back in two seconds. <laughs> so I have been using my gran's dementia as my cunt meter. Now, <laughs> the other day, I walked in and I didn't need the cunt meter. I was giving she her hers, right? So... <laughs> I walked in, I looked fine as hell, and my grand goes, who's that young lady, who's that young lady? I'm like, bitch, shut up, I already know. But my, but my dad jumps up. Now, context for my dad, long story short, he was hide-and-seek champion from about 1994 to 2010. <laughs> he is new on the scene, and he's doing what all newbies do, he's reading every single BuzzFeed article to deal with his gender-diverse kid. So... <laughs> He jumps up, any chance to help, and he goes, no, 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 he's half white. No, no, no. <laughs> Gran, that isn't your granddaughter. That's your gender-neutral grandchild. And I'm like, Dad, give it a rest, she's gonna die soon. <laughs> but anyway, I heard about dementia that they have some regressive memory, and if I didn't believe it, then I did then, because she pulled out the Bible within one second, and she said, bitch, get over here, with her eyes, with her eyes. <laughs> So I pull it up and bitch, she forgot everything else but Leviticus. And I tell you what, it was not the passage about mixed fabric. So she starts going in. And you know, old me, pre the change. I would have been like, let me take my earrings out. I got round for one last one with this bitch. But I'm trying to build bridges now. I'm trying to look at solidarity. So I sat her down. I said, Gran, shh. And I did make it sexual. I said, we're not that different, you and I. And she said, what? You cross-dressing bitch? With her eyes, with her eyes. <laughs> and I said, well, we both constantly wake up in places we don't remember. Mm. 
and we also both have lost all controls of our bowels. Thank you so much. I'm Travis Alabanza. We have one more comedian in this half. Thank you. But, good news. She is fucking phenomenal. Um, yeah, so here's the deal, okay? Hi. What are you called, enthusiastic white man? Man. <laughs> Uh, for those of you at home, he said gay men and man. Um, what, what is your name? Who? Valdu. Yeah. South African as well. I put it out. I said, this night prioritizes the experience of people of color on and off stage. And you were like, is that me? <laughs> What an exciting time. <laughs> what fun. Okay, gang, Voldu, love it. So is it like a V-O-L-D-U? W-A-L-D-O. So it's Waldo, but it sounds like Waldo. Waldo, oh my God. Yes, you African. Um, okay. <laughs> Hands are my second favorite thing to clap. <laughs> yeah, I said it. So go absolutely ham as we welcome to the stage the Janine Harona! It's so nice to be here. What a great night. Uh, I'm, I'm Janine Haroni. Uh, Haroni is a, it's a weird last name. It's an Arabic last name. I, uh, I'm actually half Arab and half Irish, which uh, is great as a comedian, because if I start bombing, I'm like, it's in my jeans, you know? Uh, <laughs> but no, I am. I'm super, super proud of my heritage, because uh, I grew up, I grew up in, uh, in a very Italian-American neighborhood, and growing up, we were the only Arab family around. Like, I was the first Arab kid to graduate from my school, and the first one to successfully grow a mustache. Uh, years before the boys, my parents were so proud. Like, I'm a hairy woman, but I am not ashamed of it. But then I moved to this country, and I learned that Englishmen do not know how to deal with it. Like... My first boyfriend was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed gentleman. Bless him, he was so pale he couldn't stand near a cliff edge or boats would be beckoned towards him. <laughs> and he once joked that my back hair gave him beard envy. <laughs> it's fine, though. I just told him I was actually completely hairless before we met, but then we slept together. My body identified that I was the alpha and responded. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he was the worst. Um, 
He was actually an actor, but I'm not sure if you guys know him. Like, uh, the best thing he's ever been in was me. <laughs> and I'll be honest, guys, he, uh, he didn't even have that big of a part. So, um, anyway, uh, we're married now. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I hope he's dead in a ditch. We're not married. No, I am. I am married, though. I'm married to a very lovely Irish man, and uh, I, I think it's a little bit of a wasted opportunity that his name is Andrew because I love Irish names. Like my first ever flatmate was an Irish girl named Quiva, and that name Quiva is spelled C-A-O-I-M-H-E. When she told me that, I was like, mm, "That's not a name. <laughs> That's a Wi-Fi password." <laughs> But, uh, but my husband's great. I, I still feel weird calling him my husband because, like, it, fe it feels so grown up, you know? But, like, he loves using the word wife. Like, the night before we got married, he was like, it sounds so sophisticated, you know? Like, this is my wife. Can I introduce you to my wife? You try it, Janine. So I was like, hurry up. My husband will be home any minute. <laughs> He's sophisticated. But he is great, he's a good dude. He's, a, he's very tall, my husband, you know, which is fine. I like tall men, but I love short men. Because I'm only 5'2", and when you're a short woman, short men look at you differently. Like, they're not just looking at you like, you're my type. They're looking at you like, you're my chance at a normal life. <laughs> and I love that look, you guys, it gets me going, you know? Like, a tall man will look at you like, I'm gonna buy you a drink. A short man will look at you like, I'm gonna build you a house. <laughs> Where the countertop's real low. <laughs> Chopping veg at an appropriate height. <laughs> like, a tall man will look at you like, we could fuck. A short man will look at you like, we could fit comfortably on Ryanair. <laughs> Oh my God, I love a deal, you guys. Like, if you are lucky enough to be in a short couple, yeah, you might need help putting your things in the overhead bins, but whatever plane you're on, if you sit down, you're flying business, baby. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we spent lockdown together, me and my husband, and we found it tough, obviously, you know, because no matter how much you love somebody, you shouldn't spend 24 hours a day together. Like, at one point, just the sound of his chewing annoyed me so much, I wanted to scream, do you have to eat every day? <laughs> but, like, even though we found it tough, it was way harder for other people. Like, we met our next-door neighbor for the first time one day outside during lockdown, and she said the pandemic was tough for her because she lived alone. But she said, hearing you and your husband sing Disney songs to your kids through the wall always makes me smile. And we don't have kids. <laughs> so we moved, we had to. Uh, <laughs> she somehow knew too much and too little about us. But we have recently started trying for a baby. And uh, <laughs> that's right, I'm fucking. <laughs> Full of cum. Okay, um, <laughs> you're the one who cheered it. <laughs> it's also, it's, it's strenuous because I also just joined a gym and I'll tell you what, trying to get fit while also trying to get pregnant feels a lot like redoing the kitchen before you burn the house down. <laughs> so it's also really weird for us because I'm American and my husband is Irish, but we live in London. So our kids will be English 
which obviously for an Irishman, you know, there's 800 years of socio-political upheaval to reckon with. And for me, I think it's weird to have an English kid because they're creepy. <laughs> English people make some creepy babies. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have seen every horror film ever. There's always a creepy little English kid like, come and play with me, mommy. Forever. <laughs> I don't know if I want that kid in my house, let alone my uterus, you know? Like, I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night, my kid's at the foot of the bed like, mommy, where are my legs? And if I have twins, I'll tell you what they're not getting for Christmas. Tricycles. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. My, uh, my parents are excited that I'm married now and I'm trying for a baby. They, they wanted us to get married in a Catholic church, but I refuse. Because in order to do that, you have to go to pre-Cana. Have you guys heard of that? It's, it's basically like a three-day-long marriage course with a priest. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not sure I need relationship advice from a virgin. You know? <laughs> So, uh, so we didn't do that. We actually, we got married just in a local registry office because it was the middle of lockdown. It was just me and Andrew. We couldn't have any guests. My parents couldn't be there. My, my best friends couldn't be there. And in spite of everything, in spite of all that, I loved my wedding. Because in spite of it all, my wedding was so cheap. Mm. Oh my God, because big weddings are not a good deal. Like if you told me that one night I would buy 150 people dinner but I'd only get to sleep with one of those people forever. <laughs> no deal. <laughs> but I, uh, I like that we got married that way because it was unconventional, you know? Because it was fitting because we also got engaged in a very unconventional way. Like, because we had been dating for seven years, I, I knew that he was going to propose to me. Because the signs were all there. They were just like the classic signs. He was really loved up, and he started talking loads about the future, and also I had set him a deadline. So I knew he was going to propose to me, but because I knew he was going to do it, I became paranoid. I started thinking it was happening all the time and in very unlikely circumstances. Like, Andrew would be in the other room building a bookshelf and he'd be like, can't find the screwdriver, Janine, can you come in here? And I would be like, oh my God, he's proposing. <laughs> and after a while, he was so annoyed. He was like, now I have to do something to throw you off the scent, which is why I thought it was very strange when he called me up one night out of the blue and said, I'm okay, but I've been mugged. I need you to come to the tube station. And I thought, he's been mugged? <laughs> he's proposing. <laughs> so instead of racing down to help him, I did a full face of makeup. When I got down there, I saw Andrew sitting on the curb, shirt torn, tears in his eyes, talking to a police officer. And all I could think was, whoa, he's committing. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> anyway, it took me a while to realize he'd clearly been mugged. And we got back to our flat and he was so stressed out. He said, I can't find my new headphones. I don't know if they stole them or if I just left them here. And I said, all right, just sit down, play a video game. I'll go look for your headphones. And the first place I looked was his bedside drawer where I immediately found the engagement ring. And I knew that it hadn't been there earlier that day because earlier that day, I'd been looking for the engagement ring. <laughs> so 
So I realized what had happened. Andrew had been mugged on his way home from buying the ring. I know, so not only was he going to propose, but he'd fought a mugger to do it. So I, I did the only thing a woman in my position could do. I, I tried on the ring. I FaceTimed my mom. Um, <laughs> that's a true story. I sat in my room, and one by one, I called all my friends and family until everyone I loved knew I was getting married, except the man I was getting married to. And then Andrew called out from the other room. He was like, Janine, I'm starting the video game. Come in if you want to play. So I walked out, and I couldn't hide it. I was just smiling from ear to ear. And he took one look at me, and he said, I know, the graphics are unbelievable. <laughs> and I said, no, Andrew, I, I couldn't find your headphones. I looked everywhere. And he was like, everywhere? And I was like, yeah. After the fight, we were engaged. Um, <laughs> But I like that it happened that way because it was spontaneous and romantic for me. <laughs> and after a while, we were cuddled up on the couch and, and I was looking at the ring and, and Andrew said, I guess I should call my parents. And I said, I already have. They're so happy for us. <laughs> you guys have been absolutely lovely. Thank you so much for coming out to support. A great night. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. 
Um, it's an important question. It's a very serious. Um, what are you horny for right now? Uh, I do a thing every like few months where I'll like go into sort of a fugue state, and then when I come out of it, I've spent a hundred pounds. Yes. And recently, it's been on nail extensions. Yes. And I can't stop doing this. And I think I have to get them every day now. And also, I can't type with them, but I kind of, I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're not trying I to type do anyway. This email. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And How am I, I supposed like to respond it? when I have such gorgeous hands? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah Is it a hundred pounds every no. time? It wasn't a hundred pounds. I spent another fifty pounds on. I want to say some like meat substitute. Do you know what I mean? From Waitrose. Uh, are you a fan? I just, I just love, I, I love spending money. <laughs> and then you're like, what? Should I have done that? And yeah. they're like, but we did. Um, <laughs> and it's, I think it's bad form to try to return faux meat. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's bad form to try and return any food, I would say. Okay. <laughs> Um, I wanted to talk to you guys a bit about dating because it's on my brain. As you know, I fucked today, which is major. Um, you know, it happened to me, but I think we can all feel the effects. Uh, <laughs> so can I ask you guys, I'm like, what is the like, most toxic relationship <laughs> you've ever been in? <laughs> it's such an aggressive question straight out the gate. I, lo I love when you asked us to do this. You were like, then there'll be like a real easy, quick chat <laughs> like, yeah. with a real supportive crowd. <laughs> we're just going to have a chat. But like... Tell us your trauma. <laughs> I think I was just brought back to like my first relationship. I was 10 years old. And, and um, that was the most toxic relationships because it's built off of the fact that I was a fast runner. So she saw the mm. fact that I ran fast and was yeah. like, I want to wed that bitch in the playground. Yeah. And so I was like, great. But then two weeks later, I hurt my leg oh. and I couldn't run fast. I come out to school break. She's marrying someone else in the playground. Are you kidding me? Toxic as fuck. That quickly. Yeah. That's so insensitive. Yeah, but guess what heals? Your leg. So. Yeah. <laughs> three weeks later. Bam! Yeah. I'm back at getting wedded again, yeah? Mm. And I was married all over again. Wow. But this is when it gets really toxic because you're 10 years old. Mm. The person that was the ring bearer with the Harry Bow suite, the ex. Wow. Wow. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Thank you so much. Okay, so my most toxic relationship, um, I knew this guy and I knew that he liked me and he was sort of asking me out. I want to say like, bi-monthly for a while mm. and I had to wait until a, you know when you ha when you sort of say no when you're feeling good and then you hit like a low self-esteem patch and you're like oh fuck it whatever like mm, sure mm. so then we were sort of seeing each other um and on our <laughs> our first date he um we went it was his idea to go paintballing and he dragged me to the middle of the woods and just shot me in the face like <laughs> a lot like is this what I've been waiting for yeah Jesus Christ. And that was before yeah. we even left the car park. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it, was a bad, it was a bad one. You're out of control. Um, <laughs> gang, now to contrast that, because I'm fair, what's the sweetest thing that someone's done for you? I'll tell you the sweetest thing that someone's done for me, but it was also fucking a bit traumatic, yeah? I was in high school, and there was a, a boy, and... 
Um, one day I was driving home and I got pulled over by a cop. Uh, I got pulled over by a cop. I'm from Texas. I'm scared. And I'm 16, so I'm a bad driver. <laughs> like, it wasn't like I wouldn't have had a reason. Um, so I get pulled over, and the cop comes to my window, and he was like, Hey, did you put on your signal? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And he was like, hmm, I'm going to have to give you a ticket. And I'm like, shit, again? Because I've been racking him up. <laughs> and then it pulls out his book, and he writes in it, and he hands me the ticket, and it says, will you go out with insert man's name here? Yeah, I know. Do you know what? It's, it's mad. It was sweet, but it was also insane. But what's crazy is he was black. He should have known. <laughs> he should have known better. It's insane. But his dad was a cop, and so he just asked one of his dad's friends, and like, I did date him. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Was that the first time he met you? Was the, pulling you over, and then no, he asked you out? It was. It was a pre-planned. Yes. Yeah, so the guy. The guy the gave guy the thing asked to the cop. the cop to pull me over. To to wait for me after school and pull me over and give me a ticket to say, will I go out with him? Oh, Wait. my God. Was it a white cop? It was a white so cop. So he... <laughs> he but wanted you... a nice gesture. <laughs> he wanted you to fear death in order to be like, anything's better than this. Yeah, I'll go out with I you. Feel like, I feel like his relationships to police officers were skewed because his dad was a police officer. And I think he was like, ha, ha, ha. But also, yeah. So that, made, that cop tailed you? It had, Wait, the cop had to follow you? Wait, is this the most toxic relationship I've ever been in? <laughs> I also think that cop should be fired. Like, <laughs> like, you, can't, like you can't just do that, Sergeant Dan. <laughs> wow. Weren't there crimes out there? Like, what? <laughs> He doesn't have shit to do. <laughs> I don't want to kink shame you, but I really want to kink shame you. <laughs> I thought it was cute. I still have the ticket somewhere. You know? Wait, he still gave you a ticket? No, the ticket was, oh. it was a it was a fake uh, like it was a fake violation, but it was a real ticket. <laughs> Am I traumatized? <laughs> I'm traumatized from hearing that. What is this the sweetest thing? What is the sweetest thing? Someone help. I knew I was going to marry my husband when there was a fire in our house. And when the fireman came... He put out the fire and then gave me a note that said, will you go out with Andrew Nolan? <laughs> no. Fuck you. He <laughs> was in high school. This, the sweetest thing my boyfriend has done for me recently is I only had one day to do like so much admin work and he said, I'll come round and eat your ass whilst you do emails. Aww. Romance isn't dead. That's so but beautiful. I look back at some of the emails I sent that day and at the beginning of the day, <laughs> it's like, hello, I hope you are well. I'm sorry for the two week delay. At the end, it's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, 
I'm so touched by this. Thank you. It's inspired me to try to find someone to eat my ass. Uh, preferably not a cop. Um, gang, do you find it like difficult to maintain uh, healthy relationships as a performer? Yes. Mm. <laughs> Says Bella, whose boyfriend is here. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sweetest thing he does is he just he, he's seen the same 10 minutes which is about another boyfriend a million times and he's like that was great. Aww. How do you like navigate it with like having shit to do because uh, Travis you're off to everywhere. Where are you going where are you going tomorrow? Athens. And then the next day? Paris. How, when do you find time to eat and be eaten? Well, I love Parisian men, and I also love Greek men, so I'll find time yes. in their stands. Oh, so you're, um, you're non-monogamous? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys, you uh, open that thing, close that thing. Closed it. Closed it? Mm hmm Hmm. Like, never say never, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Marriage is forever and forever is so long. But it is, honestly. Yeah. But I, I, I've told him before that if he ever thought about cheating on me, I would rather him come and tell me about it and we talk about it and come to an agreement or whatever it is rather than him feel he had to go behind my back or something like that. Yeah. Is that weird? No, no, no. no, no, no. no. It makes sense. It makes sense. I, think I mean, I go behind his back all the time, but like, <laughs> I'm a lady. That's a different story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So dainty. Yeah. How do you work it? How do you make it work, Bella? Because you guys are only boning each other and stuff. I know. You just have to really like each other. Oh, this is challenging. I know. And, <laughs> and you have to um, keep things like really gross. Do you know what I mean when I talk about like boyfriend sex? Um, kind of like, like, oh, we're doing step oh, this one, again. step two, step yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the minute I get a hint of that, there's a convention. Do you know what I mean? And we have to talk about it. Yeah. Ooh. Wait, hold on. Um, translate for not hat. What does boyfriend sex... Like, what is this? What, do, what are men doing? Because I've got a bad, like, rep, like, image of straight men, and I don't yeah. put Which is anything past them, so I'm like, yeah. do they get out, like, a card and, like, write the step? Like, what's going on? When it gets into a routine that is no longer, like, surprising... Uh, okay. I, see. I need yeah. to be surprised. Do you know what I mean? Just, like, punch me in the face. Like, just... <laughs> just... just Get out, do you know what I mean? Just get out like a whoopee cushion or just do something. Do something to surprise me. I'm okay, yeah. dead. I'm and also like don't live together. Mm. <laughs> well, Simone and Caleb are in trouble. Wait, this was Simone and Caleb? Oh. Yeah, 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 right, that's so cute. I was behind the cut, come through. Survive, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, every day, every day I go, wow, they're really doing the names out there in South Africa. <laughs> oh, just fuck it with you guys. Um, is there anything that you two miss about being out in the streets catching straight dick? Um, I, I want to say no because I still like accept free drinks. <laughs> <laughs> 
and that was always the point. And it's it's like it's a, I you know it's a very much a discussed thing. But if like I'm on a budget, you know what I mean? <laughs> no. You gotta spend money on the nails and shit and yeah. fake me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if someone offers me a free drink under the guise of a flirtation ship, mm. Mm. It's, that's fine. <laughs> Hashtag flirtation ship, yeah. hashtag fuck pod. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to make fuck pod a thing. I feel like like Gretchen and Ming Girls, if I keep trying. Yeah, it will happen. It will happen. What does it mean? Fuck pod. So the fuck podcast. Please continue to make fuck pod happen. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna give it all I got. Hashtag fuck pod, hashtag fuck everyone. Um, well, gang, this has been wholesome. Um, I genuinely thought these were going to be questions about comedy. <laughs> oh. It's like, how are you guys fucking? <laughs> well, yeah. So, what's your favorite, what's your go-to position? I'm just going um, Well, I do have a question, actually. Um, as far as, like, dating goes, has doing comedy... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, like, as far as, like, relationship stuff goes, like, has comedy helped you to, like, process any of your experiences or, like, facilitated any, like, healing for you? I think it both yes and no, because I think sometimes if you are too fresh into it and then people are laughing, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, But then also, like... I'm, I'm not doing an Edinburgh show this year, for example, and like, I've got a lot of stuff in there that's like quite old material. Mm. And I'm doing it still because it works, but then when I talk about it, I'm like, this fucking guy again. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Because the jokes are good, but I don't want to... Like, I've moved on. Yeah. And so that I kind of you. keeps me in the past a bit, I think. Mm. Do you find that you turn off the funny? Uh, like, how, I, that's what I find hard. Like, when do you, mm. like, turn off the, like, making a joke back at them in the relationship, you know? Or, like, what do you the, mean? Like, at home and whatnot? Well, I feel like part of the... Re- like, on a de- like, part of the reason someone might be into you is, like, mm. you're funny. And then, but if funny's also your, your job, then where's the barrier when you, like, know when uh, to stop being funny? Well, I think the difference is when I come here, I'll try to do something prepared. But the thing is, I can't turn off the funny. I'm fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, and I'm the kind of person, I'm a, like, let's laugh while fucking type of person. <laughs> I'll do, like, weird shit to balls, and I'll be like, that's hilarious. <laughs> I just like make sounds in the pussy. Like that. <laughs> Ew, I think I just did the voice of Bill Cosby. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like a I'm a laugh all, all around type of person. Yeah, okay. Um <laughs> on the note of making sounds in the pussy, um, I think it's time to wrap it up. And uh, <laughs> You guys have been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, and your talent. Please give it up for Bella Hall, Janina Rooney, and Travis Alabama! Yes! Okay. Yes! Oh, honestly, so fun, so ridiculous. Now, the incredible comics you've heard all have projects you can enjoy and support. So please follow them online. And if you've liked listening to the podcast, tell a friend. 
Um, and if you are in London or in New York, you should come to one of our live shows. Yes, we are also in New York, honey. Um, Fuck It Up New York will be on on August 25th at the Soho Playhouse. And we have some Fuck It Up shows in London coming up in September. Um, and if you're listening far in the future, I'm sure there are some Fuck It Up shows happening somewhere at some point. Hopefully near you. Uh, <laughs> the podcast is brought to you by the Fems of Color Comedy Club, the House of the Guilty Feminists, and is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. I've been Kima Bob. You have been lovely. I hope that you have a great day. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.